This is an ASCII Live media production for the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles official podcast channel. This is the Golden Eagles podcast, hosted by Manly media manager Wayne Cousins, along with Sea Eagles Premiership winner and chairman of the Golden Eagles Association, Mark Bryant. Each week, Cuzzo and Boxy will be joined by a different Sea Eagles legend to relive some great moments from our proud history and to find out what each of the guys are up to now. The Golden Eagles podcast is proudly presented by Wormald, a classic sponsor of the mighty Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. Now over to Cuzzo and Boxy with this week's special guest. And welcome to another episode of the Golden Eagles podcast. Boxy, good to see you. Great to see you as always, Cuzzo. Mate, who is our special guest today on the Golden Eagles podcast? Well, of course, someone who needs absolutely no introduction uh, in terms of Seagulls. We've got Seagull number 328, uh, NRL Hall of Fame inductee, the great man, Cliffy Lyons. Welcome, Cliffy. Great to be here, boys. Cliffy, good to see you, mate, and thank you for joining us. Now, mate, uh, your career, there's so many things to talk about, so we're just going to go through some of the uh, the highlights. But uh, growing up... we got time. Yeah, well, mate, normally <laughs> we'll it goes for four through. hours we'll of podcast. Through. Sweet as. Yeah, four hours podcast, but uh, we'll see what we can do. But uh, growing up in Narendra, tell us about the Lions family. Narendra. Narendra, sorry. Narendra. Narendra, sorry. Narendra. I apologise to all the people that have um, It's a great little country town, I suppose, yep. on the Murrumbidgee River there. So we used to learn how to swim pretty quick down there. So they just chuck in the river and away you go. If you Sink or if swim. You, if you didn't make it across the other side, the cousins <laughs> would come and get you anyway. Yeah. So. Tell us about the family. Yeah, big family. Got uh, three brothers, two sisters. So we grew up in, I was born in Narandra, obviously, and then we moved to um, Mount Druid early in our school days. So I went to school at Tregear there, Tregear Primary. Went there for two years, I think, and then got a uh, scholarship with um, Sylvania Aboriginal Hostel. So that moved me over to Cronulla. They put us in a, a hostel at the school there, then put us in the local schools in the area. Went to Janali Boys High School there. So Quite enjoyed that till year 10, so thought I knew everything then. <laughs> Can as, I ask you, A, how were you as a student, and B, what would often be written on Cliffy Lyons school report? School report, um, I'd always get a pass, but just getting past. But um, obviously I used to be a good woodwork, you know, metal work. Metal work. That was my go-to. Yep. So not bad at maths. So, but history and that was a bit of going, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sport, what would often be written, would it be Cliff is a good student, needs to pay attention more, or he's an outstanding woodwork person, goes to ride a footy? Yeah, something like that, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> what would have been on your report, Boxy? Oh, um, it, Mark needs to apply himself <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit more. Mine was always easily distracted for some reason. I don't know why. I was so, always daydreaming, you know. <laughs> about that. So uh, when you went to the Shire, tell us about the rugby league. When did it all first started to come about for you? I suppose um, when I moved to Tregear, I suppose, that's when mm. I first started playing rugby league at the young age of 12, under 12. 12. But under 12 for the Tregear Foxes. Obviously, it was a Saturday morning, go to the shops for mum and, and they used to do the footy raffles up there and then they asked, did you want to play footy and that? And didn't know anything about it and I said, oh, I'll come down and have a try. Our coach that we had, Mr. Pickett, taught me how to tackle and that and that was it. I was a good tackler. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in uh, the, I made the team. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the colours, your, your, the team's colours? Uh, I think they were green and gold. Green and gold. Yeah. So there you go. Good to start with. Now, uh, the clubs you played with over the years, Gundagai. Tell us about Gundagai. Gundagai, Gundagai Tigers. Tigers. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, 
if you want to go back a little bit before yeah. that, I played in the Cronulla Juniors after mm. I made the um, move to the Aboriginal Hostel. So I started playing local league there for Cronulla and that. And obviously I made the under-23s for Cronulla in 1981. So I played junior reps there. And then after that, um, during the holidays and that, so we go away to the bush and went down to visit my cousins at Tumut. Mm. which is the uh, next town away from Gundagai. So went down there and visited and then I liked it pretty much down there and um, I st- end up staying down there. My uncle tried to get me to start with um, the Tumut Rugby League side. The so blues. he took me up He, he took blues. me up there and he told them all these good things about me and I didn't really sort of know what was going on and yep. they didn't believe him. So they said, see you later. <laughs> so, well done, Tumut. And then, <laughs> then he made them pay. <laughs> but I, I knew a guy, I found out a guy, Royce George, who – I played with that Cronulla the year before, or that that yep. year, and I found out he was coaching the Gundagai Tigers. So I went down and had a word to him, and he said, yep, straight away. So I ended up staying down there for three years and learning my trade. When you say learning your trade, what age did you probably start to get a little bit serious about maybe there is something there for me in rugby league? Oh. <laughs> my love for the game was just, I just loved getting out there and playing, yep. and you know, I would have played all my career for nothing. So that's how much I enjoyed playing the game of rugby league. It was something that always kept me on the straight and kept me out of trouble. And it gave me a lot of a lot of I I've travelled the world through rugby league and I didn't know this was available, you know what I mean? And just growing up and just I just wanted to be like the stars, you know, like the Steve Rogers and that and the Bobby Fultons and you know, watching those guys on TV and just to to play in the country rugby league was really good. Playing first grade there and I've you know, had three wonderful years at Gundagai and we won a grand final. It's the first time in twenty years they won it, so 1983. So I was lucky enough to play reps in that area and fortunate enough for me, Greg Haywick, who came from Wagga, got the North Sydney gig. So he invited myself and Brian Dennis down for a trial and we trialled and we made the cut and, and they sacked Greg halfway through the season. So That would have been hard for you. It was, it was very hard for me. It was, and I, I respected the guy and what he did for me and he took me away from the, the country football and to the you know, the high high end of rugby league. So which I enjoyed every moment at North Sydney there. And, you know, with Greg, became good f- friends with Greg and he knew the Manly people, Doug Daly and that. And so he took me over to have a talk to him and had a chat to the, the Manly Seagulls. And Doug was a, a fantastic chairman over there. And probably if not for him, he would, I wouldn't have signed up because in between that, I was, I was talking to Eastern Suburbs too. Oh. I had a, a manager there back then, Richard Fisk, and he was over talking to um, the Roosters and we sort of 90% signed there. And while he did that, I went and signed with North. I mean, Manly. Sorry, yeah. Manly. What, what was, so, oh no, Richard. What was Richard's reaction? Yeah, he what was you, pretty um, <laughs> upset. So <laughs> don't blame me, which I didn't blame him. And Arthur Beecher didn't like me much after that either. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, tell us about the the days of the Bears. When you were playing for the Bears, did you understand what we now know? Obviously, the great rivalry of Manly, or for you, was Manly just another team at the time? North Sydney, yeah, or, North Sydney Bears. Uh, just another team. Yep. Just I. I didn't really delve in that. I just yep. wanted to get out there and just do my best and yeah. hopefully get a win because the Bears didn't get many wins that year. So it was it was good 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 guys out there. You know, Mark Graham, Mitchell Cox, mm. you know, Larry Kelly. You know, a lot of lot of good players there. Who, who you learn a lot off, and especially big Mark Graham. So did you enjoy North Sydney Oval? Uh, only on the edges. <laughs> Never go in the middle. <laughs> no, that pitch. A bit, bit hard on the knees in and, the middle. And the great steps to go down to the dressing room. It was a big walk down to the oh, dressing room, yeah. wasn't it? That, that wasn't. 
Yeah, and the big oak tree. It's, oak got, tree. it's got a lot of character. Yeah, yeah it's it's these, these old grounds, a lot of character. I, only, I got to play there a few in juniors when I was mm. playing for the Raiders, but um, yeah, the big oak tree there. The and, stands and, on that. Mate. Yeah, it's beautiful. As opposed, to, as opposed to you look at yeah, yeah. Bankwest, and I haven't been out there, but I've heard it's it's a great stadium to watch it from, but I just think it lacks a bit of that old school character, like a, like a, like a, a lot of land, which, you know, Leichhardt as well. Leichhardt's a bloody great place. To you, need, you, need, you need to keep the old schools, I reckon, because yeah. – Running out of time and they're all vanishing. Yep. yep. You know what I mean? So, with the Seagulls, tell us about your first memories of joining the Seagulls, your first games and things like that. I suppose um, most people wouldn't know that after the Bears, I went to England. Yep, Leeds. So, I went and played with Leeds. So, I, I missed most of the preseason. Yep. So, which is what I was looking forward to, but obviously playing with Leeds is another learning skill for me, another trade to learn from the Englishman. Yep. So, which I dealt it. was lovely over there. It was great to see. Bloody cold in winter, though. Bloody, <laughs> bloody cold in winter. I remember going over there and, and you look out the window and it's clear as, and then wake up in the morning, you look out the window, it's black. Mm. You go, what the hell's going on here? It's like eight in the morning and it's still it's like, dark. It's snow on the window. Yeah. You go, like you can't see anything. Crazy over <laughs> you there. You open the door, it's just white as. You go, oh, wow. Head, Headingley's an awesome spot, isn't it? You know, oh, it's awesome. in, you know the ground yeah. there. and um, got underground yeah. heating there. So. Yeah, and, and the, the Yorkshire, you know, the Yorkshire locals, and they just, they get in there and they, there might be, you know, 10,000, 12,000. It sounds like there's 50 or 60,000. Oh, yeah. When they start they singing. They sing and, they, and, oh, and they have like my first game. And they they sang Walson and Matilda when, my, when I played my first game Jeez. with them. So the, the whole crowd was singing was just like unbelievable, man. It's just crazy. Great memories, aren't they, for you? Like they to are, hear yeah. that. So when you first came to the Seagulls, uh, playing a brookie, putting on those colours, tell us about that. Those first moments. Yeah, it was very very emotional. So it was just you know well, me as a, I suppose I was pretty old, young fella, because I didn't I didn't come here until I was twenty five. Mm. So but mate, I was looking for looking forward to getting out there and just having fun and playing rugby league, which I love. Can you tell us about, obviously you had a wonderful association with Steve Menzies. We'll touch about that later, but your first reaction or your first memories of meeting Steve Menzies and thinking he's just another player, but this kid's got something and then obviously what you developed that wonderful partnership. Just seen a little bloke with a headgear on. Who's this guy? <laughs> well, it's like, yeah, right. I wouldn't say a little guy, but a tall guy. Yeah, with a what is it? But he never, it didn't look like it, you know, like it looked like the, could be the club accountant or something like <laughs> yeah. that, couldn't he? Hey? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Coming off the bench there. So All right. Uh, playing I, think we were, I think our first game we were both on the bench, I think. Yeah. I, came, I was coming back from injury and he was getting his first start. So. Yep. Uh, Bob Fulton, obviously a wonderful coach. Tell us about playing under Bob. Yeah, he was a like, fantastic coach. Um, you know, he was like the, the video man and he'd show us videos of the opposition that we'd play with and target areas. And when we did it, it came, we came up with trumps and when we didn't do it, we came up with fried eggs. So, <laughs> but it, it was pretty good. Like, you know, when he spoke, everybody listened and he made sure he listened. Otherwise, you wouldn't be there. Mm. So, he was a great mentor. And the uh, famous stories of you uh, back in the day smoking in halftime dressing <laughs> rooms. Uh, tell us all about that, Cliffy. It's oh, just rumors. It's just rumors. That there is the biggest myth ever. <laughs> Imagine me at halftime. So, sorry, Bob, we're just going to go out, whip out here for a smoke. <laughs> yeah, no worries, Nap. Come back next year. <laughs> no, no, it, mate, I wouldn't, there's no way. I used to smoke, but yeah. no, that was one of my bad traits. And, I, mate, I haven't had a smoke for 15 years. So, yeah. congratulations. Give up yeah. footy and give up smoking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, it comes, back, it comes back to the sponsors, you know what I mean? Like Winfield <laughs> Cup, like, you know, you go to a function and, you know, your fruit bowls in the middle. Yep. There'd be Winfield blue in the middle and red. <laughs> like that was your 
introduction to uh, Winfield Cup. So that's amazing. Yeah, looking after what? sponsors. Looking after sponsors. <laughs> he's yeah, always he's been like, a club man. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he looks after Four Pines well now. Yeah, so, <laughs> they go all right. Oh, too. they go real good. <laughs> <laughs> they go all right. So, mate, obviously the 1987 Premiership. Like I said, there's so many hollows to go through, but 1987 Premiership. I know when we did the Great Four Pines TV series with you, uh, and we talked about that Grand Final with Crusher. When you look back on that now, obviously so many years ago now, and to get the Clive Churchill Medal, what's your greatest memories? Greatest memories, they go in years. You, yep. know, you don't look forward and look at the end, of, end yep. of the story. So you just wait for it to happen and it's got to happen. Yep. So you need to build that moment. So just living that time again would, over and over would be wonderful if you could do it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, do, you just watch the, the, do you watch the, the, the grand final much? Did you ever sit down watching? I always that, watch the winning that, ones. Yeah, the 87 one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't watch the losing nah, ones. No, you don't want to watch but the But the 87 one, like you've seen that a few times and, and what's your memories yeah. like? Memories, Kevin Ward, memories, great team, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. Wardy had a blinder, mate. Yeah. It was just, you know, it was a toss-up between him and myself to get the Clive Churchill. Yeah, so. yep. But, um, you know, Phil Daly, Kevin Moore, you know, Ronnie Gibbs, Mal Cochran, that's the engine room there, you know. Yeah. And then you look out, look out, you got Fatty in there, you got Crusher, like, you know. And you look out wide, you got Desi, you got you know, Daryl Williams, Michael O'Connor, the bug, the kid, and Rowdy at the back. So, yeah. you know. The kid, he was a great player. David Monson, wasn't he? Mm. Yeah, and and everyone's favourite bug, Stuart Davis, the bug. <laughs> Very <laughs> underrated, the bug. Yeah. All right. Uh, we used to run around the, the book for Ohio. You know, used to have the drains. Well, the bug was that skinny. He used to lay down in the drains and hide. <laughs> and miss the eight hundreds. What was your weakness in terms of training? Like, weakness, did you hate? Did you hate the eight hundreds? Uh, was it some... sand hills? Sand hills. I could run all day. Like yep. I can do. Well, that's probably the only bloke could beat me in the in the distance run. But sand hills and stuff like that is. I don't think there's too many blokes who actually like the sand hills. To be fair, yeah. you know they bust you up to bloody Palm Beach and oh, oh, oh the Hemis, the Hemis going. Yeah, yeah. that's why. That's why I went overseas to play for England and that Leeds and that avoid the pre-season training. <laughs> now, just Smart. on the just on the 1987 uh, Grand Final, I remember you telling me when we did the Four Point Show that uh, you actually got the limousine. Was it you got the limousine over? Yeah, we did. We organised it for our wives. Kevin Maud and Ronnie Gibbs and myself, and we're trying to stall, and the girls are, we didn't tell the girls, so we're trying to stall because now we're going, what's going on here? Because the boys never stall because we were, we're the, always the first one that want to go. Yeah. We're going, oh, no, just another five minutes and we'll be ready, and then it turned up and they were happy. So even happy when we won and we pulled up in front of the Leash Club and the limo, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking how good so, this. That's real good. How good this. We're glad we didn't lose, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. 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 Dropped us off around the corner. <laughs> to get the Clive Churchill medal, when you look back on that now and obviously the players have since won it, what does that mean to you? Oh, it's, I think personally myself, everyone should get one of those. So, you know, everybody puts in. It's a big day, you know. It seems unfair to give it to one person. But I'm gladly accepted. So, But, you know, that's that's my attitude to my playing partners. Mm. Without them, i got nothing. Mm. You know what I mean? 1996 Premiership, obviously the winner of the Dragons. Dragons. Yep. Another good day for the club. Yes, it was awesome. Great Tell us day. about the grand final. I think we learnt on, on that one through the year before when we played the Bulldogs and they come out of the blocks and they blew us away, actually. They just they were all over us. And that week that built up to that 95 one went so quick that I don't think we, we took it in. So we learned a lot from them through 96 and then we slowed everything down and made us all think about it and be aware. And I think that's why we got the result of the previous defeat. 
All right. Well, what we'll do now, Cliffy, we'll take a break here from our sponsor yep. and we'll return very shortly with the second half with the great Cliffy Lines. The Golden Eagles podcast is proudly presented by Wormald, a classic sponsor of the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. Wormald is a leading provider of fire protection solutions, helping to protect Australian people and property for over 130 years. Wormald's expertise spans the design, manufacture, installation and service of fire safety products and equipment, backed up with a comprehensive range of fire services, from engineering advice to fire safety training. You can rely on Wormald to help protect you. Visit wormald.com.au. And welcome back for our second half chat with the great Cliffy Lines, uh, NRL Hall of Fame inductee and the man, Boxy, who's played the most first-grade games for Manly. An incredible 309 games, 1986 to 1999, 336 points, 80 tries, 5 goals and 6 field goals. Overall, 431 first-class games and probably since then, 700 touch football games. <laughs> Is that loads. right, Cliffy? Loads. Well, I actually, I got the pleasure of playing in the uh, Legends of League game with Cliffy and, and a few of the other boys. And majority of them I'd actually played with, but Cliffy just jumped out there like he was back in the maroon and white jersey. He'd never left it, you know, throwing cutout balls. And geez, we had a good time. We couldn't That's wait good. to get in the sheds and have a beer, though. So we are glad we didn't have to go through to the bloody final. Glad it was only sure. nine minutes, eh? Yeah. Well, as Cliffy knows, yeah. once you talk about Cliffy Lyons and the great partnerships at Manly, the other man who uh, feeds off him literally it was Steve Beaver Menzies. And in uh, Beaver's great book, uh, Beaver, the Steve Menzies story, he's got a quote here, and I'll read it to you. His natural talent, his skill with a football was phenomenal. He could find support every time as if Cliff Lyons had eyes in the back of his head. Nice compliment from your great mate Beaver. What was it about you and Steve Menzies? I think the, the partnership with both, both ways. Yep. So obviously Steve knew how to find a hole and if he wasn't in the hole, he wouldn't get the ball. So that works both ways here. So <laughs> we didn't hit the hole. It was We trained a little bit at a training not a lot of time on it because you don't know what they're going to do out in the field on the on the mm. ground. So you know, if someone moves over there, then we'll move somewhere else and then I'll drag him in and he'll have the free reign. So Obviously, you, you set up so many tries for him. He scored that many. Were there times there where you said, geez, mate, what did you do there? You, you bombed a few tries. Like, is there any funny moments you and Beaver over the years or was there one oh. particular game where he just you went, wow, how good is this kid? Uh, well, there's a couple of times there we probably ran into other players who weren't meant to be there. Yep. And probably, but or something, I can't, can't really remember who it was, but he did run into somebody. I think, I think I threw him a dummy one time against Newcastle up there and somebody creamed him. He didn't have the ball, but. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even get a penalty. That was saving him. He was saving him from getting absolutely That's right. He didn't right. get a penalty. Um, <laughs> obviously a great honour for you, Cliffy, when you were inducted into the NRL Hall of Fame because Steve Menzies was also inducted on that Hall of Fame that night. What did it mean for you to get that award but also with the great mate Steve Menzies? Oh, it was fantastic, mate. It was just, you know, to obviously to be inducted into the Hall of Fame by yourself is fantastic, but to be with your, your comrade, the guy I spent most of my time with at Manny, it was just icing on the cake. So, yeah, it was awesome. It was a privilege to be there with him. Great honour for your family as well. And, oh, and obviously, yeah. you know, if you moved around a bit in your junior footy and, and stuff as well, it'd be, it'd be amazing night for the kids and, and grandkids and whatever. To, it will to be when they, when they grow up when and they see grow, it. When <laughs> they can realise who granddad actually yeah. is, uh, they'll understand. I'm just grandfather. Come on, grandfather, we're going to go out for a walk. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, yeah. now uh, the 1990 Kangaroo Tour. Now, this always stands out, this try. They show it so many times. Australia beat Great Britain 14-10. Your partner, Ricky Stewart, in the halves because Australia lost the first test match and there was a great fear that we could lose the Ashes. Tell us about that match. Yeah, it was, wasn't was pretty watching it in the stands, especially when the final hoodle went and the Poms were cheering and we were all heads down and don't look at Bozo. We might, we might, <laughs> might do something. But, yeah, it was I suppose bad for the Australians, especially to lose the Ashes. I didn't, we didn't want to be a part of the team that the first team to lose the Ashes, and everybody was just talking about maybe losing the Ashes. And they don't tell you pre, they don't call you away and say you're in the team. They just everybody's together and they just read the read the list out. So they we're all sitting in the room and Bob reads, or someone reads the the team out. My name was there, and I just sit, I just sat there and went, okay, what do I do now? So they finished, and I went to her room. Jumped on the bed, did a back somersault, and <laughs> cheered, are. shouted, and got straight on the phone and told the family back home. And yeah, it was it was great that feeling of trying to hold it in. Yeah, when the you know the players are all there, so you try to be Mister Cool and <laughs> sit there. And yeah, once I got out into my room and you know, I just let it out and bloody awesome. So so that try, obviously, you give the ball, you and Ricky combine, and then Mal Beninka goes downfield, and uh, Andrew Inhausen puts the kick through. Was it, or was it him or Mal? I'm just trying you to remember. Got, you got two tries together. Two tries together, sorry, yeah. Yeah, so Mal's was the last try. Mal's so was the last was, one, that's that right. That was the, the clincher. So yep. I started from the scrum, went left side, then we, I switched it back to the right side, I think. Yep. I gave the ball to Ricky, and he threw the dummy. He ran about 60 metres. Mel come in and charge someone out of the way and Ricky gave it back inside to him and that was the, the final try. But the try I scored was just, mm. I think I touched it three times in, in the one movement. Yep, so went through a lot of hands. Went left, went right, yep. back to the left and then ended up with ET and I was on his inside trailing like a blue eel. Come <laughs> on, mate. I didn't know he was going to kick it back inside. But, uh, yeah, we got the perfect bounce. And, yep, that's the one I was remembering. Yeah, I yeah, got the perfect bounce and just going, yeah, how <laughs> <laughs> goes this? Every time you score a try, it's special, especially boxing well, would know that. that but first, uh, te- first, first, first one in test football, yeah. just that feeling would just been like you said, how good's this? Yeah, it was just, yeah, look, just to win the game too, yeah. to make it one all. Yep. And, and then we still, the job hadn't finished and, yeah, it was just it was so exciting and unbelievable. And the crowd there, like, you know, I looked up there and you can see the big Aussie sign and, yeah, it was crazy. And such an iconic try now. When yeah. you look when you look back on it now, and in, in the yeah. time you're playing footy, you don't really realise it. But then when you actually look back and you see how many times you touch the ball and how many times it actually, and, you know, the finish to it, yeah, finish, it's pretty yeah. amazing. And it always gets brought up. It's one of those tries that always gets brought up around test time, exactly you know, right. um, and, and so many great players in that team. Like, obviously, Big Mal and, yeah, and E.T., like, just a, just a, a great team. How did you go partnering with Ricky Stewart? Yeah, it was easy, mate. You could throw a ball. Mm. So you just stand there, just not little short ones either, like twenty meter passes and bang. So he didn't need to do much with Ricky. Mm. I get the forwards going forward, and then who's outside me? Big Mal Manning, and mate, just give it to him. <laughs> give it to Big George. Let him run. <laughs> run okay, top him. What was it like playing against Big Mal? That was awesome. It was very daunting. You know, I always seen my little mate Jeff Tuvey. I take Big Mal down many a time, and I just you know I couldn't get over how the little bloke like that can just smack. He just smashed Mal one time. Just you know something that you. Through all the games, you just remember certain things, and two was like four foot. Hey, Alan and Mal, he just creamed him, mate. It's unbelievable. And, and and bloody trees like tree trunks, like <laughs> massive. Like Mal coached me when I was at Raiders for the first time, and Big Mal just always had this aura about him. You know, great, really great guy. But in his heyday, just. Big and powerful, and you see those big quads coming at you. I mean, bloody hell! For someone like Tooves, just shows how tough Tooves was. Yeah. 
you know, and how good a defensive player he was as well, you know. Certainly. What was it about Tubes that you admired? Look, mate, he's, he's a captain and he led by it. And he's hard on his sleeve. And, mate, he didn't ask us to do anything that he wouldn't do. Mm. So, you know, he's a great leader and he led by example. Yep. And, you know, you can ask anybody. Yeah. What about what about Desi as a as a player? Yeah. Obviously, I, I knew Desi as a coach, and um, you know you, you always hear the rumours, and I've seen him put a few blokes through some of the old fitness drills that he used to do, which is just absolute lunacy. But what, <laughs> what was what was Des like to as as a player to train with and and, to, and play with as well? Nobody would train with Des because nobody could keep up. I understand <laughs> why, yeah. Mister Pyrometric, mate, he used to do all these pyrometrics and jump at bounding and stuff like that, mate. Just, just I don't know how he. Then he'd finish that, then he'd down do the the stands up and down the stands. Mm. This is before training. Yeah. Like, you know, save some energy for training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was he was a fit, fitness freak and he loved the training just as much as anybody, but he could have it. <laughs> Did you have any indication back then, uh, Cliffy, just knowing Des and watching him train and the way he studied a game that he had maybe an inkling to one day become a coach? Well, the way he coaches, I, I didn't envisage Des being loud and, and swearing and carrying like because he was very quietly spoken on the field and he never got too much out of him. As soon as he started coaching, it's Mr. Jekyll, Jekyll and Hyde, mate. Mate, he's got some lungs on him. I was assistant coach at at one of the reserve grade one year and I wasn't winning the box one day. I didn't know Des was like this, but he started banging the window, started swearing and cussing and going, Okay, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Not more. Well, I was one. Well, one. Um, it was preseason. We came back first day of preseason. I won't mention a name, but it was someone that we've had on the, on the podcast. Anyway, he pulled out a bit too early in the in the beep test. Well, I've never heard Des. He almost brought the stadium down at 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 out at, uh, at, at Narrabeen. He gave the biggest surf I've ever. I never seen. knew Des knew those words. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he's ripping doors off at Parramatta Stadium with with, with Matty Ballon and, and Killer yeah. there. Yeah, unbelievable, isn't he? But what what a obviously a great play Des Hazel was, but obviously his coaching record now is just outstanding. Yeah, it is. It's great. It's great to see him. We give him a lot of support at Manly, so yeah, he's awesome. Good to, right. him, good to have him back. On good to have him back. Yeah, exactly. Now, <coughs> uh, mate, obviously you played against so many wonderful players. We, we touched on Mel Meninga before, but if you could name four or five players for us who just stood out and you thought, wow, this guy's competitive or he's just tough and hard every time you play. <laughs> I'm pretty probably one-eyed sort of a bloke there because um, <clears throat> I look at all the Manly guys that I've yep. played with and had the pleasure of. I suppose, you know, twos would be number one for sure. You know, guys like Fatty, Fatty Vaughton. You know, captain the Queenslanders and that, coach the Queenslanders and guys of that. You just, you know, Ronnie Gibbs, guys just come from the bush and, and did the hard yards and you know, guys that come from overseas, you know, Kevin Ward, you know, there's a lot of talent that's come through the grades that, that didn't make it, didn't quite make it. So, you know, there's like Frankie Stokes, is uh, Anthony Rogers, all these young guys got a touch of first grade, but they didn't quite get up there, and which is a shame, like, Everybody can't make it, I suppose, and there's only so much room for, mm. for players there. So, but you know, the play, play with guys like Michael O'Connor, who, who came from rugby too. So, Craig Innes, another good rugby player, Matthew Ridge. Yeah. Those, you know, they've even, you know, you touched on the bug before. So, blokes like that, down to earth blokes. Yep. Like I remember too, and I was always admiring growing up watching rugby league, and obviously, now David Oskins, mate. Yeah, the, the era, mule. yeah, the mule. The, the mule. Uh, Don't forget him. That era was Paul Shaw. <laughs> he was another Paulie fine Shaw. player, wasn't he? Yeah, Zipper. Yeah, yeah. Mate, he, he come on. He played in the '87 Grand Final. Yep. Come on at the end of the game there. So yeah, very talented player too, indeed. Now, mate, uh, New South Wales, uh, your career there, six games, one try. Tell us about Origin in that late '80s period for you. Yeah, my first one's. 
probably very daunting. It was one all in the series. I come in for the third game at Lang Park. Beautiful induction. The cauldron. <laughs> the cauldron. Hey, cans being thrown. <laughs> the air was thick. No, they didn't throw cans that year. <laughs> but this was the final. We went down, unfortunately, 12-10, I think. That game just it was just unbelievable. It was a different level. It was just like, you know, think looking back on it, like I, I rated higher than test matches, harder, faster. Like the speed of the game was just, it went up like 60% of, of just your normal first grade game. That was just, it was incredible. I wasn't ready for that. I didn't know it was going to go to that level. And it was just like, wow, got to get up there or you missed the train. <laughs> it was mm. just, yeah, it was awesome. It's incredible too to think that's 40 years now, State of Origin. Yeah? 40 years. Like it's incredible. Now, um, mate, Brookvale Oval, obviously, as we call it, Lotterland, the memories you have of playing in there, the fans, what is so special about that ground? Just where it's situated, I think is it's very central to the northern beaches. Everybody can get there. There's plenty of room. There's plenty of seating. There's plenty of room on the hill for the kids because I know most of my kids spent most of the time sliding down the back of the hill <laughs> on the cardboard. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the family hill there. But uh, it's just got great atmosphere there. And you now when the when the crowd's on, that lifts us and, and it brings, I think, the best out of us. Yep, 100%. And, yep. you know, we obviously you can't win them more, but uh, – they let you know when you lose. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have a ground that you just didn't like playing at Cliffy? You think, oh, maybe um, shoot a poor record just for fans or whatever? Probably Campbelltown. It's a bit daunting going all the way out there. Especially playing. before M- no M5 back in those days. Yeah. A bit of a trip yeah, over. Yeah. I didn't mind Canberra. Yeah. Canberra was a bit of a travel too, but I didn't mind it down there. Because Campbelltown had the old um, – They the run a park, yeah. the old athletics track the old and one, the yeah. – and the hill, and they, and they certainly let yeah. you know. And the old grandstands. And, the, and they'd turn all the cold water, hot water off and their dress rooms and stuff like that, two little bastards. <laughs> <laughs> right. Tricks, good tricks. Yeah, good um, tricks. Yeah. Now, I've asked you a question here. Fans, you just relate so well with fans. What do you think it is that fans just smile about Cliffy Lines? Oh, You're a very humble person. Do you think I'm very just, humble, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't have a bad thing to say about anybody, really. And I, I like talking to people. Mm. You know. they, if they want to come up and have a photo of me, I don't mind. I don't know what they want to fight of me. Yeah. <laughs> not a very pretty picture here, is it? <laughs> yeah, mate, uh, these days, obviously, you're still very heavily involved with the club, with the Seagulls Club, and also the football club. Tell us about those roles. Yeah, well, I'm chairman of the football club. I've been for a couple of years now, so that's about just you know, keeping our colours, keeping our games at Brookvale and stuff like that. So we're on the same side. Like, there was a time there when the Seagulls and other boys didn't get on. I think we're fixing that, so mm. which we want, and obviously with the Golden Eagles too, we're on the same team here. So you know we're fighting the same battle, and we want to get everybody down there and make everybody happy and uh, get that culture back to that winning way. Yeah, and I think you're doing a great job. And obviously, we touched before with boxing about Golden Eagles. It's just a wonderful organisation, isn't it? Oh, it's awesome. It's it's great. I was like, we had that golf day last week. It was just to see the players that were there, like especially Chocolate Mo and that, and the Stewart brothers. It was just it was awesome to see. Yeah, just, yeah, you know, no, good to see. Now, mate, um, these days, work-wise, what's Cliffy Lines doing? I've got a company um, called Ben Long Energy Services. So it's in facility management. So I'm a partner with that with a couple of mates of mine, um, Gavin Sheen. Actually, Gavin's coaching the 20s, I think. 20s, yep. In the 20s. Yep. And so we've got a little company together. It's, it's all about the young Indigenous kids that come through. So we've got offering apprenticeships to young Indigenous people, um, school kids and that. So I'm out there mentoring them. Obviously, their parents would probably know more and more than they would, so <laughs> their parents love it. So, yeah. <laughs> plenty of photos from the, with the parents. Yeah, we have we have taken the parents to a few of the footy games yep. a few years ago, so it's quite a job for them. 
just now, to get the norm. Now, I know you're a proud Indigenous man and obviously last year we had that wonderful Cliff Lines Indigenous jersey. What did it mean for you when you look back on it now and obviously we had another good one this year, but um, what did it mean for you to have that portrait of your face on that jersey well, and representing the club? It was, it was just – I'm just so overwhelmed about it. It was just, you know, to have my picture on the – the jersey was just, you know, it was incredible. And to have all my family there, mm. you know, I've got, I've got to thank that Sea Eagles for giving me all those tickets to get them all there because it's a big mob. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was our biggest career of the year. <laughs> oh, it was huge. But I tell you, uh, it was just, it was so special, mate. It was just, yeah. you know, words can't explain how, how I felt about it. And another special moment would have been a proud Indigenous man, Indigenous Team of the Century member in 2008. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. So, when you look at all the wonderful Indigenous players we've had over the years, and obviously Cliff Absolutely. is one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been yeah. tremendous. So, Boxy, just going through Cliffy's milestones, uh, 87, 96 Premiership winner, Kangaroo Tour 1990, Dalian Medal for Player of the Year 1990, 1994, Dalian 5-8 of the Year 1994, Rubber League Player of the Year 1994, the Clive Churchill Medal winner 1987, Two premierships, like we said, the most first-grade games for Manly, 309s. When people think of club legends, Cliff is right up there, isn't he? Absolutely. No, 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 none more deserving of all the accolades that he's got there. And obviously, you know, the top of them, just a great bloke who's absolutely loved and adored by everyone that you talk to and especially the fans as well. You know, I've never heard I've never heard anyone say a bad word about Cliffy. Mm. Well, Cliffy, mate, uh, congratulations once again. You're wonderful career. Uh, keep up the good work. We enjoy seeing you in the office at the Seagulls. He always comes in a smile and tells a yarn and uh, – once again, you're an absolute tremendous bloke, a wonderful footballer, a tremendous uh, role model as well. So thanks for joining Boxing Night today. No, it's great to be here, mate. Thanks very much, boys. Really awesome. Go Manly 2021. Let's go. <laughs> Even better. Thanks, nice. Cliffy. Thanks, Cliffy. This has been the Golden Eagles podcast, presented by Wormald and recorded in the studios of Manly media partner ASCII Live Media. You can follow the Sea Eagles on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. For more episodes and other official Sea Eagles podcast channel shows, head to seaeagles.com.au forward slash podcast. This has been an ASCII live media production for the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles official podcast channel.